0: And now your host, Vina Jones Cox.
1: Good afternoon. I am Vina Jones Cox and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing where every week for many, many many years, <laughs> over 25, uh we have worked our fingers to the bone to bring you the information and inspiration you need to start or grow your own real estate investing business. And one of the things we try to do here on Real Life Real Estate, given that it's public radio, we're not selling anything, we don't have any particular uh, reason to want to turn you into an apartment investor or a wholesaler or a commercial investor or a rental property owner or a short-term rental owner, is we try to bring you information that is good and true and experience-based but is maybe not what you hear every day. On whatever your favorite uh, media might be. And today is a wonderful example of that because today we are going to talk about how to find great deals. Oh, wait, you I mean, everybody talks about how to find great deals. And the only, the only debate out there is whether the best way to do it is send postcards, cold call, or door knock. Yeah, no, that's, that's not what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about something completely different because my guest today is the legendary Pete Fortunato who has literally been finding deals for over 50 years. He's been, he's been in the real estate business longer than a lot of us have been alive. He's done residential deals of pretty much every description and (laughs) That whole postcard, cold calling, uh, getting a VA to text people, you don't do any of that. You don't do any of that at all. And he is joining us by phone from his home in Madeira Beach, Florida. Pete, welcome to Real Life Real Estate.
2: Hey, Vina, I'm looking forward to this.
1: Yes, so am I. And I'm a little worried that the listeners are all just going to be shocked and confused by the fact that you you make offers kind of like almost every day of the week. <laughs> I've, I've, I've been there. I've seen you doing it. And you don't do mail. You don't do cold calls. You don't do mass texting. You don't... The, 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 all, all of this stuff that everybody's very anxious to find out how to do it better is not at all your approach to finding these folks to make offers to. So the... Basic question here, Pete is: What is the best way to find deals?
2: Okay, first of all, I've been doing this since 1965. Before I was in um, real estate, I was in high school. In in all those years, I once found a great deal. <laughs> I have found thousands of opportunities, thousands of problems, people with people with situations that have made them uncomfortable. And by offering to help, I've converted those opportunities into great deals some of the time.
1: And you are welcome for that opportunity to rake me over the coals for using the term find deals. I, I, know well, this... I No,
2: it's not <laughs> good to you. I just think that's what I hear all the time, the people who say to me, you know, call me when you find a great deal. And I'll say, you know, it's been almost 60 years. I'm waiting for my second one.
1: <laughs> so, so lesson number one here is, and, and, and no, this is, this, this is true because I talk to particularly new investors all the time who say, I sent out 10,000 letters and spent $5,000 <laughs> and people in my area. Just don't want to sell for the prices and terms that I am hearing other people say. They like, they blame it on the geography or they blame it on the, the letter or postcard or whatever it is they mailed. And when I dig down a little further and say, you know, how many people called you out of those 10,000 people? How many do you call, how many calls did you get? Well, I got 70. How many offers did you make to them? Well, none. None of them wanted the right price.
2: And that is someone... That, that's exactly what I see. That, that's exactly what I see. Is, is that, that,
1: that's an example of someone who is expecting, who, who, who has a um, misunderstanding of how other people are getting deals, and they literally think somebody's calling them and saying, listen, I'm so sick of my house, if you'll just come over here, I'll sign a deed over to you.
2: That's right. They want somebody to come put them in a hammer lock, and force <laughs> them to take the house. Uh, yes last week I mentioned this to you when we spoke the other day Uh, last week I was at our Monday night meeting which is a meeting where we all sit around and talk real estate uh, every Monday evening and this woman was texting me (laughs) and of course my typical response to a text is call me and I I can actually copy and paste that and text it back to people (laughs) And as I was walking from the meeting, this young woman came up and said, I'm the one who is texting you. And I said, well, you know, you did realize we were in a room of people talking about real estate and you were allowed to say something. And and that is a big issue. If you don't say something, if you don't ask for help and then help, it's hard for people to help you. Mm -hmm. If you keep your desires a secret. Then you alone are able to pursue them, whereas when you share them, other people can refer things to you, can give you ideas, uh, and and it it is a team sport to be wealth building. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: You need to to encourage people to join your team, so you ask for help, and you help others. Since your job is to, to help people with uncomfortable circumstances you need to be prepared to help even when you're mystified that that's a problem to somebody.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. I have bought or acquired properties or transferred benefits to other people where I obviously liked what I got from them and they very obviously didn't. Uh, We bought a house last year from a woman who had uh, been in the house since 1953. I was talking to her son. Her son told me that it was time for his mom to sell. I invited him and his mom to my house the next day where we sat down in the living room slash office. And I asked, why would you sell a nice house like this? Well, the house, she said, was going to be too much for her. An example of that was in the hurricane that we had in 2018, a branch of a tree had fallen off uh, and pierced the roof on the house. And her solution was to close that bedroom. Mm-hmm. And so I bought that house from her for $261,000. She had an offer of three hundred fifty thousand dollars from a builder. The reason she sold it to me for two hundred sixty-one thousand, despite the fact that the builder was willing to pay her three fifty, was that the builder was going to raise that house and build a new house, and she did not want that to happen to her home, where she had raised her family.
1: Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
2: And. Discovering that enabled me to acquire a sensational property in a great neighborhood that happened to have a house on it that would provide me with enough income so I could afford it. (laughs) And that's typical of what I look. I I seek better and better quality properties, which are generally uh, better neighborhoods. And the house is what provides me with the income. It's what enables me to buy that
1: property excellent i I have a feeling that you may have just generated a whole bunch of questions from people in the audience and i want to give them the chance to ask those questions uh folks, you can call in at 877-772-9658. 772 9658 Now, I know you're all intimidated because it's Pete Fortunato and he's such a genius and everybody talks about him and he's gonna be scary. Um none of that is true. You should you should pick up the phone and call. 877 Well, the genius part is 877-772-9658 or if you're going to continue to sit there and be intimidated, you can also send us an email, askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina jones Cox My guest today is Mr. Peter Fortunato, who is um, maybe not as known as he should be, but very well known uh, amongst at least the creative deal structuring set here in the U.S. And, uh, He has a, he has a different way of approaching pretty much everything about real estate than many of us do, and yet it has led him to be extraordinarily successful. And so we're talking today about one piece of that, which is how he creates these deals he makes. You like that word better, Pete? He creates these deals.
2: I do I think it's important that people understand their responsibility in making it happen rather than just hoping that something happens.
1: Mhm mhm. So it sounds as if there is um there's something there's something there was something embedded in that story that we need to hear because what 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 everybody what everybody in the whole world wants to know right now is how do I find the people who have these deal opportunities. And you said, I was talking to her son, but you didn't say in a
2: restaurant in a restaurant. And I had never met the son before that night in the restaurant.
1: So was he just talking about a house and you came over to his table and said, tell me more. Like what, how, how were you guys at a meeting together?
2: He was, he was talking at, his table, which happened to be backed up to mine uh, about the fact that his mom was going to sell her house after all these years. And so I asked him a little bit about it. He said, well, you know, she just never wanted to sell. She raised me there. And um, so I invited him to bring his mom to my house the following morning. Okay, and I, we sat down in the living room here and made
1: a deal I, I I hate to keep harping on this, Pete, but I think people need to need to visualize what happened here. You all were not eating dinner together. you had not That's met correct. each other before that moment. You were sitting That's there, correct. somebody said house, your real estate uh spidey senses went off, and you went and you went over to his table and started talking to a stranger about. Tell me about the house
2: actually, I heard him say, "Sell," and I <laughs> jumped from my seat <laughs> and said, "Pardon me, but I couldn't help but over here I happen to buy houses once in a while, and maybe I could help you
1: and and uh, audience he's not kidding. This is one of the ways that he pretty frequently digs up these opportunities is simply by overhearing someone say something about a property, selling a property, a problem with a property, and he goes and just starts talking to them about, but what's the situation? How might I be of help? Why don't we all get together and chat?
2: And and once we have chatted, sometimes it results in a deal. But usually it results in an alliance where if they heard about another deal or thought of something they might give me a call Mm -hmm. and many 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 of the transactions i have uh, actually virtually all of them now at my advanced age doing this are repeat and referral business
1: so worst case scenario by you doing something that would embarrass most people which is going and talking to a stranger Worst case scenario.
3: <laughs>
1: worst case scenario. Yeah, you, you forget there are introverts in the world. Um, the worst case scenario. These people, you spent some time with them. You really listened to their problems. It was clear that you cared. They got, they got to kind of know what you were looking for. And then later on, one of their friends says, I really need to sell my house. And they, oh, we got this, we met this really nice guy here. Contact him. Best case scenario is you get that deal.
2: Right. Somewhere in the world, there's somebody with an extra house. I might find them myself, but after talking to the group that's listening to me tonight, somebody out there might find someone with that extra house and say, gee, I've heard this guy, Pete Fortunato, why don't you give him a call? And that's what you're doing, is you're trying to create those alliances, those relationships that result in deals coming to you or opportunities coming to you And then you got to do something with it. One of the things uh, I started to mention that young woman at the Monday night meeting, when she texted me and said, I'm trying to buy houses that are not on the market. And I asked her, why would she care whether it was on the market or not? If it was a deal she liked and she said, well, there's no good deals on the market. And so I said, well, Tell me about some of the offers that you wrote, and she said offers and she hadn't wrote any because she'd already decided that there were no deals there, and she was shocked that that prophecy was being fulfilled.
1: <laughs> yes, it is very true that if you don't tell people what you can do for them that they don't even they don't get a chance to say even no much less. well, something like that might work.
2: Yeah. Interesting. I went to a RIA meeting here uh, and, and I go to two or three a week uh, because there's opportunities. there. People talk to that you can help. You can become a part of a deal if you'll just go and participate. But one of the gentlemen there who I'd known for a long, long time, he's a lender. He doesn't want any real estate, even though. As a young man, he built his wealth owning real estate. He's now decided to be much better off to be in paper and become the sucker in most deals by being a paper investor. And he got up at the meeting and said, I've got a house that I really wish I didn't have. And I'd sell it for $10,000 down and $400 a month, $70,000 price. Well, I wrote him a card. You've got a deal. I'll do. I'll buy it for that. Everyone else in the room was making a note in their little notebook, in their journal, typing it in their telephone. And I think I was the only one who wrote a contract there that minute as he stood there in front of the room. And I bought that house. That was a whale of a deal.
0: Mm-hmm. And it
2: was a deal with a guy who, I have subsequently done a lot of business with and had done business with prior to that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he offered it to the entire room and people sat there to think about it as opposed to writing an offer clearly contingent upon your inspection, finding out whether the guy actually owns the place. Uh, I, I'm always surprised at that. I, I was at Tampa Uh, RIA meeting, and I did a talk for them about the subjectivity of value and about how people like different things. And they they were bored and they yawned through the whole thing. And when I got done, they had their have and want session. And some gentleman got up and said, I've got a rental house that I want to sell. And so, of course, I asked, why would you sell a nice house like this? And he told me he and his wife were selling the house, a a good rental house in a good neighborhood, in order to get a car for their daughter so that the daughter and and their grandkids no longer got stranded and called them in the middle of the night. And so I traded my van for an option to buy that house in 15 years and not until so they could keep their house and keep the rents and still get a car for the parents. And I got the upside in the house without any of the management. Well, nobody remembered my story, but it made quite an impression on them when I had to bum a ride home with somebody because I gave them in my car right then and there at the meeting.
1: So sometimes you solve problems in ways that the person is not expecting because they think that the solution is a particular thing, usually cash, and you have spent years training yourself that that is to to, to go past the cash to what do they really want with the cash and get them that instead. Pete, we need to go to line one and talk to Nancy, who's calling from New York. Nancy, welcome to Real Life Real Estate.
4: Yes, Hi. 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 Um I'm I'm so I'm so thrilled to be listening to Pete Fortunata and uh, oh. <laughs> and you uh, I I have a question. Um, I have um I have an uh, I live in Brooklyn, New York, and an elderly woman lives um uh, right next door to me and uh she um she doesn't have any heirs, and uh I had spoken to her a few times um like asking her um if I can take care of her you know and uh like be a family to her um and like uh but I never asked her about the house um and I was wondering how would pete uh would go about uh about like asking about the house.
1: What a wonderful question, Nancy. Cuz your 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 relationship with her up until now has been basically, look, you need help, I need to I need to somebody to help, let's do it that way. Mm-hmm. And now Pete, the question is, how does she also introduce the topic of and what's happening to that house when yeah. you die or decide to move out? So Pete, how would you talk to this elderly neighbor about this house,
2: I, I would be watching for problems that I could solve. Um, an example might be the tax bills coming in, mm-hmm. and she's struggling with that.
3: Mm-hmm. We are uh, ran,
4: we are always helping her with uh, with her uh, with her issues. Um, we are helping her uh, with the taxes, like decluttering her house. Uh, she's been. Um, hoarding a lot of papers, a lot of stuff from many years. So we help her declutter the house and um, take her to the um, grocery shopping, the doctor's visits, and so on.
2: Uh, Is she competent? Um, Not so much. So you need to be careful of that because she may not be able to make a deal. But in the event if she were competent or you could find someone to attest to her competence, you mm-hmm. might buy the house from her mm-hmm. and then rent it to her cheap, thereby giving her some cash flow. Mm-hmm. You might find her interest in the house. Mm-hmm. But first, you find out what it is that would change her life, what it is that she needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're
1: already, uh, you're already you doing, might. you're already doing part of that for her. You're helping her with kind of her physical needs, her scheduling needs, et cetera. So the, the question now is what needs might she have in regards to the house itself?
4: Yes, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and in terms of what needs might she have in terms of living? Like what, could she really would she really enjoy a third meal every day? Mm-hmm. And those are you can provide her in return for things that she may or may not value.
4: Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, I, yeah. I Maybe a, like a. Um, yeah, like a meal and the stuff she would she enjoy better, I think, than offering her money.
2: Could you put? Could you get her a smaller, safer house to live in?
4: Mm-hmm. Does 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 she,
1: does she does she like her house? Does she intend to stay there? All all other things being equal, you know, if she can afford
4: and everything, does she like it? She. Um, last time we spoke, it was like maybe a couple of years, three years, maybe back. Uh, at that time, she was saying that she she wouldn't sell the house. She was competent at that time. And she was saying that she would not sell the house, she would not uh, move out, she, no, she would live there till she dies. Uh-huh. Um, and right now she complains about how difficult it is to get up the stairs, um, and uh, up the porch, and we had offered her to do some kind of uh, access ramps, to build um, the access ramps to her house, and she's not open to that. Hmm. Okay,
2: uh, I I had a lady here here in Florida who had a two story house that mm-hmm. she'd raised her family and she was alone and mm-hmm. she was a part of the neighborhood. She'd raised her family. She'd been forty years
4: mm-hmm. in
2: that house. Husband mm-hmm. was gone, and mm-hmm. we found out she was her her family was really her church, mm-hmm. and. Created her a condo in an elevated building mm-hmm. for her house. Mm-hmm. And she is now living in the condo, still near her church, near her friends, no more stairs to deal with, no more mm-hmm. lawn to deal with. And that happened because we asked her. Now, if she'd said to me, I want to stay here for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. I would have said, and what are your plans for the property after your life? Mm -hmm.
4: She uh, she had told me that after she would donate it to the church. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Wait,
1: wait, wait, wait. Nancy, I promise you the church wants money more than they want that house. uh If, If she donates it to the church, the church is going to sell it (laughs) immediately. Uh Immediately. I don't, I don't know what she thinks uh, the church is going to do with a house, but that's Uh her, her goal of, I want the church to get money after I die is an important, Mm -hmm. is an important factor in this, but they don't, they don't want the house. Mm
3: -hmm. I promise
1: you they don't want the house. So Mm -hmm. it, it sounds like from what you know so far, and there may be other conversations to be had, she does want to stay there. She needs help staying there, like physical help. Um and i I might revisit the idea of something like a you know those little chair elevators that goes up to the second floor kind of thing um uh-huh. she wants the church to have money after she dies uh-huh. so there is embedded within all of that some sort of uh-huh. creative structure where maybe you could start that you you could have the house she could stay there, you could maybe even pay her a little bit of money every month. Mm -hmm. For the rest of her life, and then with the promise that, uh, after she has died, you will pay the money to her estate so that goes to the church. Mm -hmm. There's, there's, there's some, there's something in there like that, but Mm -hmm. Pete, Pete, what, what, what Pete is, uh, saying is really figure out what all the pieces of what would make her happy and satisfied are, and then Come back to us and structure an offer that makes all of that stuff happen.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and the way, the way Nancy was that I would do that is mm-hmm. I would tell the story about. Gee, I heard this guy talking. He was talking about his neighbor who mm-hmm. was in a two-story house. It was too much for her. Mm-hmm. And he, he gave her a condo right in the neighborhood, which was mm-hmm. elevated. In the event that we could do something like that, is there any reason why you wouldn't do it? Because you telling them a story about something other than their situation mm-hmm. is less threatening than hitting them straight over the head with, I'm going to give you money so I can get this property from you. Or at least my, I have found that telling mm-hmm. a story and asking people, if we could arrange something like that for you, is there any reason why you wouldn't do that? Has mm-hmm. worked well me in terms of presenting concepts. And often, when I make an offer, the response is mild off from my offer, because my offer was a guess, and mm-hmm. I discovered something that enables me to make a deal, or enables me to help them in some form or fashion.
4: Mm-hmm. hmm mm-hmm. This is so great. Thank you so much. This okay. gives me, like, a nice. great... Um, I like I really like the point that you said to talk about some other lady uh, yeah. uh, having the same issue. Mm-hmm.
1: Your your friend yeah. your friend who met another lady who had that issue. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Okay. My friend.
2: One of used to do before they get the stupid homestead law that they now have here in in Florida, where they made it impossible for us to give a benefit to people uh because the government steals all the profit is we mm-hmm. used to buy houses from the older people who were in the house and needed income and an example is I would buy the house and promise them a thousand dollars a month mm-hmm. and then rent them back their house for seven hundred a month. Mm-hmm. So then they had three hundred dollars a month while they lived there and then when they moved out I could get fair market rent and mm-hmm. they had an income stream and that's again a story that you could say, gee, I heard about a guy and this is what he did. He's bought the house and paid the people a thousand dollars a month and then rented them the very same house for seven hundred a month
4: mm-hmm.
2: and again a story and and say, you know, in the event we could arrange something like that. Mhm. Mhm.
1: All right, mm-hmm. Nancy, thank you for your call. Good luck with Very this. Very
4: much, Vina, and thank you so, uh, so much, Peter. And um, I hope you're feeling better uh with health-wise.
2: I I feel terrific. I feel <laughs> terrific. Awesome, awesome.
4: <laughs> thank you so much All for right. answering my call. Have a good day.
1: Thanks, Nancy. We need to take a quick break because suddenly I am overwhelmed with listener questions. Uh need to, after the break, to go to... Russell online too. And also to uh, answer all these questions are coming in via email at askvina at com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I knew once people were aware that Pete was here. there was going to be questions, 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 questions. So before we get to this multitude of questions, I need to let everybody know that Pete will be in Columbus, Ohio on May the 17th. Go ahead and look on your calendar. I did not say that wrong. It is, in fact, a Wednesday, Wednesday, May 17th. He will be uh, talking all day long from 9 to 4. On the topic of how to win financial friends and influence allies, uh, if you listened carefully to what he said at the beginning, he finds his deals by talking to people, by going to meetings, by... Uh, Con- constantly building relationships with everybody so that they become allies, so that they they start referring deals to him so that he gets repeat and referral business and that is the topic of may seventeenth that 's being hosted by the nonprofit ohio real estate investors Association uh, At this moment in time, you would need to pay one hundred and ninety seven for your ticket at o r e i a dot com o r e i a dot com uh, the price goes up in 10 days. Uh, also it's probably going to be full in 10 days. So if you are anywhere within a five hour drive of Columbus, please put that on your calendar, get a ticket, show up on Tuesday night when we're going to have a little networking reception to start, to start trying to build some of those relationships and stay over until Thursday morning when we're going to have a, uh, uh, hey, what did we all learn? Let's exchange phone numbers wrap up at eight o'clock in the morning again. That's May 17th, Pete Fortunato all day, how to win friends and influence, win financial friends and influence allies, uh, O-R-E-I-A dot com. Let's go to line two, Russell calling from Connecticut. Hi. Hi, Russell. Pete. Hi, how are you? Hi, Russell. How are you? <laughs> and, you know, how's it going? Uh, thanks, for, thanks for all this. These are some great points about, right, it's about offers and uh, and uh, ch- uh, talking directly, um, I want to know also what you're – what you've seen or um, particularly uh, with the the changing market as you've been, you know, in it for so long and seen some of the different things, particularly in Tampa and elsewhere.
2: I, I don't care what the market is. I am not a macro economist. I am a micro economist. I'm sitting down with this family or this person who's got a, an issue. The, the gentleman right. who needed fire for his daughter was an example. I made that deal. There's a whole mm-hmm. lot of benefits available in every house, and I just take what is left over, what they don't need, or what they value least. Uh, and most of the time, the currency that I use to acquire property, since I began right out of high school, has been promises. So I make promises to people and then keep those promises as a result of keeping the promises. I earn allies who come who are more and more helpful, but we had, we talked to some people right here in Pinellas County and the woman, when I said, why would you sell a nice house like this? She said, well, it's not really the house. It's my sister who lives here with us. If you can do anything to get my sister living somewhere that's not with us, (laughs) Mm -hmm. we'll make whatever deal it takes. (laughs) Okay. Well, I wasn't expecting that. I didn't know when I talked to those people that that was the situation. But we ended up buying a little trailer in a trailer park for $12,000. Mm-hmm that $12,000 trailer got us control of their house
4: right control right so,
2: yep and and often that's all we're we're doing my uh one of my sons made a great deal on a house on uh First Street and it wasn't with somebody I knew and I asked him and I said, how did you discover that opportunity? Jay said, well, I was driving down First Street, and I saw a lady kicking a realtor sign. <laughs> so I stopped and said, what's going on? And it turned out she had bought a new house and then sold her old house, and that sale has fallen apart. When the sale of the old house fell apart, she found herself with two payments, and she couldn't afford the two payments. And so we were able to lease option her house just by making the mortgage payment on it. And again, that's not every deal. That was that specific deal where we sure. focused on her particular problem. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I really... Uh, I I watch the, the government happening and the damage that it does, and I see people uh, who sh- don't go to meetings because they watch the news and get afraid to go outside. And those people I might end up making a deal with, but I don't know what's going on. I don't care what's going on in the real world. I care what's going on in the world of that family. That's my job to help. Uh, Vina mentioned uh, the relationships. I did a, a talk for uh, Gary Johnston years ago that I <clears throat> I called relationships and wealth building. And in preparing the outline for my presentation, we found that in the thirty years that I'd been doing real estate at that time, I had done 71 transactions with four families. Well, You can't imagine how much more efficient that is than having to do 71 deals, 71 people, having to establish a rapport with those people. Once you do business with someone, your job is to stay and keep trying to help. I have borrowed money from my tenants to help me buy more properties. Because I want my tenants to be wealthier and my tenants want me to be successful. And we're friends and we've got a long-term relationship in my houses. And it's funny with all the stuff that I do and some of it's strange stuff, the thing that no one believes is that I've ever had a good enough relationship with a tenant that the tenants would lend me money. (laughs) So, wow! Yeah. So,
1: so, Russell. In summary, in case you didn't get it, Pete doesn't care what's going on in the market. The, <laughs> the, so the two, the two have no relationship, <laughs> as far as in, in any in any way that
2: the two would the, the two different worlds.
1: Not Got not it. not inside, inside, inside Pete's Pete world.
2: Would, would have caused the, the hardship that the people who own the house are suffering with. But I will be there because they're suffering with a. A cash flow shortage, the loss of a job, the opportunity to get the job back in Pennsylvania. so they want to get away from Florida where they lost their job because they've got family back up north who can get them a job. Well, I don't I can't control the economy and the government that's caught this, this torpedoing job, but I can help that guy. I mean, I've done, I've done deals where what I did is I paid for a moving van so people could leave Florida to go back up north near their families. I paid for the closing costs so people could leave their house in Boston, come to Florida because of the opportunities here in Florida. And the key was I found out that they had a job in Florida. I found out that they lost their job in Florida. I found out that they wanted to move closer to family. That's what's important because that's where the trigger is. And that's why I'm always asking, why would you sell a nice house like this?
1: Right, in their world. Got it. So thank you for your call, Russell. You're welcome. Appreciate it. And thank you. we're going to go on to line one, Andorra in Columbus. Andorra, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Thank you,
3: so here's my question. Um, I've been watching this house for some time and it has a real estate sign in the yard, and I'm wondering if it's okay to bypass the realtor and go directly to the owner.
2: What do you think Pete well, I would go if it was a neighbor, I would clearly go talk to the owner. it's
3: not, It's not a neighbor. It's in a, a different um, city. And right, so you I've just you 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 no, i just been watching. No, I don't would,
2: know I would, them. I would,
3: call,
2: I would call a realtor, tell them I'm interested in the property, ask them what was going on. And in the event that the realtor was no help, I would go to the door and talk to the people who own the house. So this
3: is somebody that uh, looks like they houses all the time and i have talked to the realtor really nothing wrong with the house it's just uh the windows need to be re- replaced the person doesn't want to put any more money on it uh, they bought it for low price and they've um mm-hmm. made the sale price now double and i see it's coming down but is there have any reason i the mortgage they have on it? i'm sorry have i have what? You
2: at the Mortgage they had on it most of the flippers are flipping because they have no money so they borrowed that money from somebody
3: No cuz I, I haven't I could ask the realtor that but well, I Well you know. could you, just, you, know. can, you no. can you can also just find
1: it in, you can find it in the Franklin County uh uh recorder's office
2: Okay
3: uh, yeah and this and is actually
2: call, down by the Hill. call that lender okay. and find out what's going on Okay
3: that makes sense
1: yeah, and 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 the the other question is, Andorra, why haven't you just told him what you could pay? Why haven't you just written him an offer?
3: Okay, that's a good point. I, I just kind of looked at it. I just kind of called her today, and I just happened to pop up on my phone today. When you know what these, how to get great deals, because I'm really struggling here in Columbus to find good deals. Make a good makes sense. The numbers aren't making sense. Things that's because kind
1: of you sold. don't find them. You make them. And a a, yeah. a first step <laughs> a first step to making this one might be to write an offer and and see what comes back. Because if if the agent comes back and says that's less than what they owe, okay, well that that opens up a whole new discussion.
2: So okay. no, then you say how much money can they afford to bring to closing?
3: <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> You didn't cause them to over encumber it. They did that on their own.
3: Interesting. But you still wouldn't circumvent the realtor. Oh, you never you just, never
1: circumvent would, them in the sense of trying to keep them from getting paid their commission?
3: Well, I've not used her. I mean I've not she's not shown me the property. I would say if she had shown me the property, I just merely called today to say, Hey, what's the deal on this? It's now been out there for three months. It's in Hocking Hills. What's going on? Yeah, well... It, she's, she's
2: got a contract with a seller, and the seller owes her a commission in the event that she successfully sells it for him, I'm assuming. And so I I would not, to, to Venus point, I would not try to keep her from getting paid. But I indeed want to talk to the person who's the principal, because they're the ones with the problem, and they're the ones... If they're rehabbers, they might be able to bring other things to the table. For example, I can't fix anything. And anybody who's a contractor who can fix something has something of great value to me. And so contractor. I might help them out. Well, some flippers around here are contractors or wish they were contractors, Um when I find someone who has skills, I want to make an ally of them because sometimes I have property that could use competent fix up
1: Um, Pete and Dora, we only have like one minute left. So, um, sure. and Dora, I am going to suggest that this agent also has a problem because she's not getting paid as long as this house isn't selling. So she sure. might be willing to let to put you in contact with the seller. If you say, you know, if I could talk to him some, I might be able to find a way to do this. Uh So that's okay. that's another question that's worth asking. Okay, great. You
2: know, thank you for that. Look and see what he
1: has. Yeah. Okay. So thank you for your call, Andorra. Appreciate it. We've gotten a lot of interesting calls and have not gotten to any of the questions that came through online. So um I guess, again, I'm going to suggest put May 17th on your calendar. Go to oria.com. Take a day off work if you have to, come to Columbus, listen to Pete, meet a meet a whole bunch of very experienced investors who are uh, anxious to be there to build relationships because that is the topic. How do I get this repeat and referral business? How do I get people to come to me and tell me that they've got deals for sale? And how do I ever get brave enough to walk up to somebody's dinner table and start talking to them about real estate? Pete, thank you very much for your time today. I look forward to seeing you in May, and uh, we will be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing.